Hello, and welcome to the first ever show of The Harsh Truth. I'm your host, Craig Scott Goldsmith, and our topic on this show is climate change. How dangerous is it really? We'll be exploring that very subject in depth for the next hour on The Harsh Truth. What piqued my interest on climate change way back in 2004 was a report by an independent non-government organizations for the Pentagon on what climate was going to do to our way we live by the year 2015 due to rapidly changing climate events. It sounded rather ominous to me that climate change could actually destabilize our way of life and lead to water shortages, famine, military conflicts, so I began a 17-year quest to find out as much as I could about climate change. It is, of course, a very complex and constantly evolving global phenomenon. What I discovered was far more dire and much more urgent than the media was reporting on. And up until about five years ago, they refused even to mention climate change on the air and treated it as if it didn't actually exist. <clears throat> Excuse me. So each year since 2009, I've been writing a press release on the updated information that I have obtained by doing research on the ever-changing climate situation. And here's what I wrote this year in 2021. It's a bit long, so please bear with me, but it's going to cover the topic uh, uh, pretty completely, and uh, I'll see if I can... Uh, uh, answer a lot of the questions that you may have on climate change. The recent calculations, if they are correct, is that we have just about five years left to tame climate change enough to avoid mass extinction. The only thing that's worse than mass extinction is total extinction. We are on a trajectory to risk the extinction of our own species by 2070. If it warms up enough to release the methane, the disassociation of methane in the frozen tundra of Siberia and the shallow seas around the world, and that is just 49 years from now. To avoid any chance, we need to implement a worldwide climate emergency plan to reduce the use of fossil fuels as by as much as 80% in five short years, and then get to carbon neutral by 2035. If we miss this opportunity to put climate change in check, then we risk triggering 25 crucial ecological tipping points that could start a domino effect of collapsing ecosystems that are essential to the survival of most of the species on our planet, including our own. To avoid runaway global warming, we need to stop deforestation efforts immediately and begin a massive reforestation program of planting a trillion trees. Trees are our first line of defense. We need to ease up on the ever-increasing population problem by having just one child per family. That single one thing could reduce the population of the world by half in just one generation. We are on course to have 
billion people on the planet by 2050 and 11.5 to 12 billion people by 2100. The carrying capacity of the planet or our ability to feed the people on the planet is projected to drop by 15 to 20 percent by 2040. Even the most optimistic contrarian cannot imagine a world forced to live on the equivalent of one bowl of rice a day. Excessive consumption by the richest countries has to be brought under control. Capitalism needs to be reimagined and refigure out how it defines success. Demanding quarter after quarter of unbridled growth no longer fits our current situation. Infinite growth on a finite planet is a recipe for ecological disaster and is simply not possible. We need to do a quick pivot and make a paradigm shift in how we choose to live our life on this planet and better manage our precious resources and do whatever we can to save our polluted, dying, and unfortunately overfished oceans. If the oceans go, we are not far behind. The oceans are simply the cradle of life. Mars is getting a lot of attention today, but Mars gets 70 degrees below zero at night, and it gets 220 degrees above zero in the summer. You could only last 15 seconds without a spacesuit on. So Earth looks pretty good in comparison. We will have exhausted most all of our natural resources by the middle of this century, including all known exploitable oil reserves by 2068. Living in a world with 10 billion people with rapidly dwindling resources in a perfect storm is a perfect storm for starvation, conflict, mass migration, chaos, and war. The consequences of peak everything by 2050 on a depleted planet will be like going from a paradise to a living hell. For examples, you only need to look at Haiti, Africa, and many islands in the Southeast Asia that have cut down their forests, killed off all their wildlife, and allowed overfishing. They lead impoverished, difficult lives from then on. Surviving in a world with 5.6 degrees warmer to 7 degrees Fahrenheit hotter than today will be much more difficult. Most of the grains that supports humanity cannot handle the stress of temperatures above seven degrees Fahrenheit. It interrupts their reproductive cycle. And yields can only be reduced, can be reduced by as much as 80 to 90% from normal temperature harvest. Grains like white rice, I'm sorry, wheat, corn, soybeans are in for big trouble. We have already triggered nine essential tipping points out of a total of 25. Left unchecked, they eventually could become positive feedback loops, feeding upon themselves, spiraling up higher and higher until they are outside of our ability to control them in any time that would be relevant to a human lifespan. As of 2021, the Atlantic ice shelf is now irreversibly doomed to melt away no matter what we do. The heat that's built up in the ocean will take several decades to dissipate. This is just one essential tipping point that will adversely affect millions of people around the world as sea levels rise three meters or more. We are not treating 
this is a planet-wide life and death emergency that it actually is. One reason for that is that slow-moving invisible threats do not trigger our natural flight or fight response. So it keeps edging closer and closer and closer until ultimately it's too late to change or too late to escape. We are at the start of the sixth mass extinction event in Earth's history. If not tamed in the next five years, you will have a better chance of dying from mass extinction than from dying in an automobile crash. Politicians or media will not let you know how bad it really is. They'll say this may or could happen, but it's unlikely to occur in our lifetime. Unless, of course, you're planning on living another 15 years. Climate change is here now and causing over 250,000 casualties a year, and it's only going to get worse. The United Nations is holding a climate conference on November 1st, 2021. This is a very, very important meeting on climate change. They have already held 21 such meetings and still fossil fuel use is rising. Uh, it increased every year since the meeting of Kyoto in 1997 that failed to rein in emissions because there were just too many exceptions for developing company, countries that did not require them to have any CO2 reductions at all. After 35 years of unproductive discussions, we are now at a point of no return with nowhere to run. The most recent Paris Climate Agreement failed because it lacked any penalties for the 180 countries that ratified it. Even France failed to meet their own CO2 reduction goals. None of the 21 meetings on climate change has produced an effective workable plan to reduce CO2 in any significant way whatsoever. In 2018, CO2 emissions increased by 2.8%. In 2019, humanity dumped a record 43.1 billion metric tons of CO2 from human activity up into our atmosphere. It finally fell in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic that forced us, of course, into immobility, reduction of mass transportation, and reduced personal consumption patterns. Daily total CO2 emissions actually fell by 17% daily and 7% for the entire year. Unfortunately, we're back on track to reach the 2019 levels. We are not on track to achieve the huge cuts necessary to save us. Now, politicians will be getting their election funding still from oil, gas, and coal with the understanding that they will fight tooth and nail to protect and preserve the $3.3 trillion a year business. We continue to subsidize them with $5.2 trillion a year around the world or 6.5% of the world's gross national product. Unfortunately, that's why we cannot expect our governments or business leaders to save us. They will skillfully, persuasively, very politely sidestep any real action that jeopardizes the oil and gas and coal business. When civilization is crumbling, they will blame the last administration for doing nothing to stop climate change. It's just the nature of the beast. When we passed 386 parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere in 2015, that actually locked in 2 degrees Celsius or 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit in additional warming. 
We are now at 417 parts per million, and you can add another 25 parts per million of the other greenhouse gas emissions like nitrous oxide and methane. So we really are at 442 parts per million and growing at about three parts per million per year. Now most scientists, if not all, agree that passing the crucial 450 parts per million mark will trigger numerous new tipping points that could lead to runaway global warming. We are very quickly running out of time. We have maybe five to a maximum of 10 years if we are very, very lucky to mount a worldwide effort to combat climate change. To tame global warming in that time frame, we are going to need a mobilization like the Marshall Plan in World War II to meet the climate change head on and then we could possibly turn it around. The good news is we have the technology now and we have the resources to do it. It would cost about $23 trillion to solve the problem now and $72 trillion if we wait to deal with all the calamities caused by cli climate change and global warming in the future. Humans are especially vulnerable. We are large, warm-blooded animals. We need a lot of food, and we do not handle ecological disruptions very well. We would be far better off tackling it now while we still can rather than dealing with it and the worst-case scenarios of dangerous climate change in the future. Mother Nature has a 99.9 .9 successful extinction rate and will not capitulate or retreat for thousands of years before the atmosphere returns to normal. That's a blink of the eye in ecological time. The United Nations Climate Change Conference meeting will be held on November 1, 2021. That will be simply our last best chance to tame global warming and the time to make a difference for future generations. Billions of people around the world need to raise their collective voices and demand action now from their representatives to implement the changes necessary for civilization to have the best chance of survival. A plan with real teeth in it to reduce CO2 emissions all the way down to carbon neutral before it's too late. The plan should require strict adherence to aggressive carbon reduction goals, a carbon use tax could certainly help ratchet down carbon emissions much more quickly in order to reach our CO2 goals or reduction goals. We are much further along and far more vulnerable than we have ever previously thought. The last 10 years have been the hottest on record. We broke 120,000 extreme weather records with stronger, more frequent tornadoes, bigger, more destructive hurricanes, the wild fire season is now on average two months longer and forest fires are much more frequent, burning 3.2 million acres in the U.S. alone and many more in Australia. The bottom line here is ultimately we can only save ourselves. We are all riding on the Titanic and everything looks pretty good right now and we are all just waiting to see what happens next. What can be done before it's too late? That's really the question, isn't it? We need a grand action plan. We certainly have the right technology available to use right now, but we lack time. We need to implement a good plan very quickly to meet tremendous challenge before us. A solid 
workable, affordable plan. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Host. Our phone line is ringing there. The white light is blinking, so we're going to bring on a caller for okay, you. Okay, that sounds good. Let's do it. Hello. Caller, Hi. thank Hello. Hi, my name is Janice. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. I, I love your show so far. Great information. Thank you. And I wanted to call in and ask you, so I have a team of businesses that I work with. And I wanted to know, in regards to Las Vegas itself as a community, what can we do now to prevent this from happening? Well, there's really just so much that people can do individually, and the strength is really going to be in the numbers. And what I am proposing, which I'm probably going to finish up by this press release, is a billion-man march in October 2nd, a month ahead of uh, the United Nations uh, uh, Climate Change Conference to send a very strong message to uh, our leaders around the world that something has to be done now. Uh, The Billion Man March is gonna be basically Extinction Matters. And people are gonna go outside their house, they're gonna take their phones, they're gonna point it to the sky And uh, we're going to have hundreds of millions, if not billions, of phones and and candles and torches pointed toward the sky, and we're going to light the world up and let them know we have a lot of concerned citizens out there that want something done. Now We're here and we're watching, right? (laughs) Yep, and uh, so I'm hoping you'll be part of that. That's at 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. on October 2nd, and it ought to be a lot of fun. And uh, it'll be the world. And is that going to be here in Vegas, or it, is it going to be? It's going to be all over the world, I'm sure. All over the world. But is there a hub here in Vegas? Uh, actually, no. Uh, there's going to be a website, and everybody's just going to click on it. It's going to be Billion Man March, and uh, they'll Love click it. on it, say I'm in, and uh, it'll be the world's biggest block party. It's going to be a lot of fun. Love it. It's going to be great. And what you can do? Oh in, my gosh, I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, what people can do individually. Here's what you can do. Eat less meat. Have less children. I'm writing this down. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Eat less meat. Eat less meat. Have less children. Drive less. Use less fuel. <laughs> and uh, basically uh, give the Mother Nature a little TLC. Plant a tree. Absolutely. I that, believe in that. That's it. So... Hopefully that, that answered your the, question. With the lockdown, yes, absolutely. And I think that everyone noticed when we were in our lockdown here in Las Vegas and all over the world, what a difference Mother Nature, you know, was without mm. us being out in it 24-7. We better be good so, to Mother. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for your time. Great show. Thank, thank you, you for so the much. call. Come in. I appreciate it. No problem. Bye-bye. Scott, if I may, can, yep. I, can I make a comparison to what you just talked about? By the way, uh, Aaron Phillips here sitting in the DJ booth helped with, with, with Scott's show. So what you're talking about with this Billion Man March is similar to back in the day with Hands Across America, yep. right, where everybody just joined hands exactly. on a single day to show unity. So this is kind of the same thing that you're talking about. It's exactly the same thing. What we want is we want the people to raise their voice loud enough to our leaders really hear us that there's no sidestepping this issue any longer. So I'm gonna, I've got a little bit more yep. of the press release. I'm going to finish it up, and then I'm going to open it up to questions, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, 
as I had mentioned, we certainly have the right technology. I, I really was involved in it for a couple of years. They developed it up in Canada. Uh, it's called uh, carbon engineering. Bill Gates and a lot of billionaires have invested in it, so it works. Uh, so what we really need is a solid, workable, affordable plan that if implemented aggressively will get the job done. It'll take a worldwide commitment and two and a half percent of the world's GDP, but we would have an earth when we're done that would sustain us and future generations as well. We need to build 30,000 CO2 extraction plants capable of extracting one million tons of CO2 each year and every year. By mitigating 30 billion tons of CO2 a year out of the 56 billion tons a year that's emitted annually, it would get us down below 50% reduction of CO2 and a whole lot closer to where we need to be. With a strong push towards electric cars, wind, renewable and solar energy, we could get closer to net zero emissions and wean ourselves off the dependency of oil, gas, and coal for good. Then by using Princeton's wedge strategy that they developed to ratchet down emissions in the four major sectors in the 15 different categories responsible for most all emissions, we could actually get down to carbon neutral by 2035. That's five to 15 years earlier. Uh, Aaron, would you show that uh, graph on uh, the wedge strategy by Princeton? They really did a great Absolutely. job. Absolutely, I have it here in the DJ booth for you. Okay. As soon sure. as we can get the camera to switch over, there you go. That's the wedge strategy, and they spent a ton of time studying this. This will work. And if you can't trust Princeton, <laughs> who can you trust? From my home state, you better trust them. There you go. Now, uh, combine this with a grand reforestation program and then set aside 30% of the oceans around the world for five years or even more and let the world's oceans replenish, regenerate. We could actually get to a world that ourselves and other species could thrive on. However, it needs to get started now before we get so far behind a climate change eight ball that there's really nothing that we're gonna be able to do about it. So here's a grand action plan, that's it actually. It's a workable, viable, affordable plan and incredibly it would actually be profitable and not cost us money, but make us money and create millions upon millions of good paying jobs. These new CO2 extraction plants are compellingly profitable. They make some of the world's most important high growth products that the world needs like carbon fibers, and the ultra-low carbon fuel of the future. The United Nations Climate Conference in the UK is our last off-ramp. The world needs to send a very powerful message to the UN Conference on Climate Change in November. The Billion Man March on October 2nd between 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. in all the time zones of the world, citizens from every country will pour out onto the streets in masses, peacefully, protesting with cell phone lights, flashlights, candles, torches to light up the world. A spectacular worldwide demonstration to let the leaders and representatives know that the people are very concerned about the, our environment and the direction that we are headed. And we want them to take action now on climate change before it's too late. Let them know that the entire world is watching 
and we want real, verifiable, effective results this time. A billion-man strong army of concerned citizens around the entire world sending a powerful, urgent message to our leaders. Extinction matters. 37% of all species are projected to go extinct by 2050. This is our last. Would you hold up that graph, Aaron, please? It's, it's coming, boss. Okay, it's <laughs> Here coming. There it is. All right. That's what the scientists have figured out. That covers every species, animals, uh, mammals, birds, reptiles, flowers, fauna. We're going to lose almost 40% of our world. Can we even imagine a world like that? I don't think so. The only way to reset of the doomsday clock, by the way, has been already set up to midnight. And there's only one way to reset that clock. That's to take the action that is necessary to change our current trajectory and change how we live our lives, whatever it takes. We changed everything during COVID-19 crisis. We can do it again. Whatever is necessary to tame climate change, we can certainly do it. There is nowhere to run. The rich and the poor will be affected alike. Our leaders won't get the job done in time unless the people demand it. Now's the time for everyone that cares about Mother Earth and the millions of incredible species that live on it to raise a collective voice. Or like the Titanic, the technological marvel of her time that slipped beneath the waves in 1912, our paradise planet could just slip away from us forever. Millard Bennett, a friend of mine, by the way, was a nephew of the 13th President of the United States, Millard Fillmore. He wrote a poem about the tragedy of the Titanic that appeared in the New York Times. He was 94 when he died. He was about 14 years old at the time. Here is his poem. First to the ankle, then to the chin, and with one grand swirl they sank within, while the band played that sweet, sweet melody, near, near, my God to thee. That's the press release for 2021. Uh, Aaron? Yes, sir. Any comments or questions? You know what? I, I'll tell you what. There's so much information there, but I think our caller really touched on one that I had in my head. What can we do as an individual household? And I wrote down solar panels, how that would help. <laughs> yeah. As you were just started talking about it uh, and, and ways that we can improve our footprint on this earth. Why, Aaron, are they still building houses without solar planet, panels? I, I, how because it's the power that the monopoly, uh, not the monopoly, but the power companies have, especially in our state, as an example. There's only one. And coal. And coal, coal drives those. And you know what? Why are they selling cars that aren't electric? I have one, though. You got an electric I car? I have an electric car, as my <laughs> wife does. Uh, well, you so. know, I'm, a confession here. You don't. I don't. Oh. No, no, no. But I, my next one. Okay. Guaranteed. Gotcha. Positive. And uh, I, I think that we have a rare opportunity, and the timing seems to be right, mm -hmm. Aaron. The timing seems to be right because people around the world care. Absolutely. We have the technology. Money doesn't seem to be a problem. I mean, they can spend $2 trillion here, $2 trillion there. Right. No problem. So I think if they want to have a planet that can sustain us in the style we're used to, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're gonna have to come up with something. Now, 
I put a lot of work into looking at that plan. It'll work. Right. But if <laughs> I haven't seen a plan from anybody right. that, that I could even say they're all counting on, uh, uh, you know, uh, stuff that, that you can't nail the people down or the countries down to effectively implement it. So right. I believe that uh, 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 if we could, uh, what do they say, uh, push a, a plan aggressively that sure. maybe is not a perfect plan, right? you can still get the job. I was going to say, but at least that would be a start. It would be a start. Now, you mentioned at the top, you've been, in, you've been involved in doing your homework and all this now for, what, 17 years? Since 2004. It seems to me, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but dating back to when Al Gore was involved in politics, it, that seems to have been when climate change really started becoming part of our vernacular in, in our lives. Is that a fair point when it started coming out? You know what? What's interesting is I got interested because I read that Global <laughs> Trends 2015. I started working on a book called Uninhabitable, A Case for Caution because I ran across this methane thing right. in a, believe it or not, a geological book that said, we've got an eco bomb we're sitting on <laughs> uh, that could explode. And I got, I said, I've never heard of this. Does any? And I asked people, they had never heard of it. Sure. So I got in, I wrote this book. It came out I think uh, uh, it started in 2004. I think uh, uh, Inconvenient Truth came out in 2005 or 2006. My book came out right after it. Which is titled what? Uninhabitable. Okay. A Case for Caution. There you go. And it was, uh, you know, it was in Barnes & Noble. But sure. it's many years old, and people buy them now at, uh, on the web. And, sure. And they're able to find it. They can go right on Google it, and mm -hmm. they'll see. I just started doing press releases in 2009. Gotcha. So what... It, we are, well, how many press releases is that? A lot. A lot. So every year I do this. And for this year, I thought, let's do a podcast sure. and get the message out on the press release. Maybe Absolutely. it'll reach more people. Uh, the Billion Man March, uh, Extinction Matters, uh, kind of was a 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> thought. Epiphany. Yeah, epiphany. And I thought, well, if nine people show up, we're only 999 <laughs> right. million mm -hmm. You Try know, that subtraction. Right. But we will give it our best. But here's the thing what I love about that. Sure. Scott, it's such an easy thing to have your voice heard. Anybody can do it. Oh. No money. No, I, nothing to invest. Just get out there with your cell phone. Now, you said torch. And I will, I will want to. Let's give yeah, a disclaimer. Yeah, well. Please don't stand by anything that's flammable. In some countries, <laughs> torch is all they got. No, true. That's yeah. all they got. Or I, a candle. Totally. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, yes, I'm hoping some influencers out there, I'm going to be working all year long to try to get as uh, much coverage. Uh, th this press release ought to reach a lot of people. Sure. Uh, it's going off on PR web. It'll newspapers pick it up mm -hmm. and, and DJs and, uh, you know, all those kind of people. And I put podcasters on it this year. Absolutely. So I, I'm also going to do it internationally. Uh, we do it in the UK. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so we hope that we can get reach out and then work all year long to get enough influencer, enough people interested to say, yeah, I'm willing to walk out onto my street. And uh, The great thing is by doing something like this on this platform for you, this is an international platform that anybody anywhere can can listen to your message. Exactly. And I and I love that idea. And it's funny about aerosol cans you were talking about because as you're as you're talking, I'm googling on my phone over here to to get additional information. But I remember as a kid the aerosol cans. Right. Okay. Right. Now, truth be told, I use Arid. Yeah. I like the spray. Right. Right. <laughs> so, 
But it's interesting how something as simple as an aerosol spray of any kind, collectively, with how many people we have on this, in, in 250 million or whatever it is, makes that kind of impact. And people say, you know what, I, I don't believe my little spritz in the morning can, can harm our earth, can it? Well, you know, it did. It, it almost destroyed our ozone. Yeah. And uh, the countries came together and solved that. You'd think since that, which was way back, before, I think it was before 2000, <laughs> they, di- I, they did that. You'd think they could come together and do something on this. Absolutely. But once again, you have oil is such a permeated in every facet of our yeah. life. To wean ourselves off of that is sure. no easy trick. I'm not trying to pretend it is, but if we don't, the consequences are so dire that, uh, you know, they, they buried that in the ground for a reason. Right. That's you a know? good point. And uh, we're digging it back up and putting it back up in the atmosphere. Right. And, uh, it, and, and it, it worked for a while. Sure. Listen, and I like civilization. I'm a right. big civilization <laughs> guy. I like to go to Smith's and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and stuff. But, you know, it, it, it may not be with us uh, for a whole lot longer. And 50 years is nothing. It's no, it's not. nothing. I mean, so they got to do something now because do you know that methane, Aaron, mm-hmm. is 10% of the entire biomass of the entire planet? Really? That's a lot of anaerobic bacteria waiting. Right. And out of the five extinctions we've had on this planet, mm-hmm. four of them have been triggered by methane. Wow. Yeah. Light carbon 12. And what are those for, just for the sake of information? Well, yeah, the Permian was the big one, 250. Okay. It killed 95%. And that was caused by volcanic uh, uh, activity in Siberia again. Right. You know, and what it does is it, it, it changed the atmosphere quickly. Mm-hmm. Methane came up, uh, and boom. Uh, the other uh, uh, three were also, and there was one 55 million years ago, and another one, I don't know, oh, like sixty million. But anyway... <laughs> They all are linked to this methane. Sure. So it's a thread. Now, even the asteroid uh, that uh, hit Mexico and mm-hmm. killed the dinosaurs, right. what they're saying, a lot of scientists say that what it did when it hit that is that it caused so many billy balls, which are really hot little balls, okay. in the atmosphere, and it, it disrupted a lot of methane down on the seafloor. Gotcha. And it caused uh, a, a firestorm. Wow. Because methane is so flammable, and that firestorm went around mm-hmm. a, a long way and killed a lot of the, uh, uh, the fauna, which the dinosaurs and all this uh, sure. needed to eat. I want to just make one comment as a follow-up to what sure. the caller asked when they talked about what can we do locally. You know, our city here continues to grow. Yep. There's new construction going up all over the place. Right. Which is a great thing for a city that wants to grow, but at the same token, when you're knocking down those trees, when you're knocking down some of the, some of the basic uh, land things that actually help our environment, is that not another way that, that harms us in terms of our environment? I think any time that they're you know, uh, clearing the natural world yeah. and destroying habitat, mm-hmm. you've got to be really careful. And of course, in the United States, we're pretty good about it. But right. We just dumped how much toxic uh, fuel into the uh, uh, to the Gulf of Mexico right. from that dam that might have harmed 81 people, <laughs> but it's going to kill billions of sure, fish. Sure. But they dumped it in there anyway. Right. And now uh, Japan's going to dump a, I think it's a million or a billion gallons of uh, radioactive waste wow. into the ocean. I I. 
it makes you wonder, don't it? Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I remember when the Exxon Valdez, right? You know that sort of stuff, and and you see the poor ducks and everybody that was under the oil that they tried cleaning up and what that did i'm not too sure i mean you you would know this better than me has that area relatively recovered from that that accident a hundred percent well that's good that's the only good thing about the earth right it can rejuvenate itself very quickly if we'll leave it alone (laughs) but the trouble is is that so many of these poor countries especially where in brazil where they're clearing land uh for cattle right beef again I'm trying to eat less hamburgers, although I do like a good In-N-Out, but <laughs> I, I'm trying to eat less. Uh, and, you know, the palm oil over sure. in uh, uh, Madagascar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, when you see them chasing a rain- orangutan up a tree right. that no longer has any leaves on it and shoot it, right. you got to say to yourself, ah, this is really bad. Scott, what do you say I give you about 30-second break? Let me read. Uh, you have a sponsor here for oh, today's show. Oh, that's right. Let's I, do I, that. I, yeah, I'm, would you please that's uh, okay. give our sponsor a break? You betcha. This, uh, our sponsor today is Blowfish 8. This program has been brought to you by Blowfish 8, pure natural products from hemp. From seed to grow to select molecular distillation, Blowfish 8 delivers a superior product, like a fine wine, soft, mellow, and very relaxing. Blowfish 8 is the best Delta 8 you can buy. For more information, go to Blowfish8, and that is the number eight in there, Blowfish8.com. By the way, you must be 21 to shop. A portion of the proceeds go to funding efforts to save coral reefs around the world. Uh, A good sponsor. When they told me that, they had me at uh, hello, I I was going (laughs) to (laughs) say. Listen, that's our show for today, Uh, The Harsh Truth. By the way, before we say goodbye, I have something over here I want you to comment on. Yeah, please. So if I can get the camera on, which is already on me, I guess, can you talk about what this is real fast before we disappear? (laughs) Okay. Because you're looking pretty snappy there. Yeah, I am looking snappy. That was done in 2007 when I launched the book, uh, uh, Uninhabitable, A Case for Caution, and I knew we were in trouble then, so I was trying to get it done quickly, but I knew we had more time. Now, believe it or not, that is so appropriate for today because we only have that five years left. Right. And really, I mean, we have, even the scientists are just totally astounded by how fast this is coming down on us. Sure. And, you know, uh, you've heard leaders around the world saying, well, uh, Prince Charles, you saw him on TV today. He said last year, we have 10 years. That's it. If we don't do something, we're in deep, deep trouble. And it's coming faster than even he thought and other leaders we've got to get this thing handled in five years and if uh if i I know we can do it we have the capability uh if the people get a uh, together and have uh the will to get it done it will get done and uh next year we'll update you on the progress in that and we'll let you know how the billion man uh, uh uh extinction matters march went and uh and that will uh, be an update uh, for another time. Aaron, I, I appreciate partnering with you. You've been great. Uh, that's our show, Harsh Truth, for today. Uh, and uh, next time, we hope to have an equally interesting subject that we can dig as deep as we possibly can till we find out the bedrock of truth, Aaron, that we can uh, share with our audience and uh, hopefully uh, come up with something that they don't already know. Just make one small change in your day to save Mother Earth. That's it. Thank you.